0: This is our point with Zach and Carmen. Hello. Hello. I know, it's like I haven't talked to you in like, I don't know, three days, two days, something like that.
1: It's been a long time. I really don't like it when you travel. I
0: know. I know. I went to Asheville, North Carolina and I met my sister and her boyfriend. Michael and I did. My parents were supposed to go, but mom had a COVID interaction, which means she is now at home, not working for two weeks. So they didn't join us, but it was great. It's so nice to like, I don't know, wear a mask in a different place. So much fun. <laughs> I went and um the reason we went was because we were going to go see the Biltmore House in North Carolina, which is you know, where one of the Vanderbilt kids built this. It's like the largest private residence in the U.S., so it's gigantic. And for all of these 90s kids, uh, the reason I love it so much is because it was the house of Richie Rich in the movie. So I made Michael call me Master Richie the entire day, I wanted him oh, to to be like <laughs> to Cadbury, and I was like, "You have to wake up and say Good morning, Master Richie.'" And and he did. <laughs> it was great all day. It was called Master Richie. It was everything I wanted it to be. He
1: must really like you, because that. Yes, I think so. Okay. Like he right. yeah.
0: He he didn't even like ask a question about it. He just like like, all right, this is a thing we're doing. It's like yeah. <laughs> That's an exciting role play right there. <laughs> what did you do?
1: Uh, over the weekend, I just had a lot of friend time. Spent a lot of time on the phone. Hung out. Uh, went to did brunch. Did you tell
0: me one day that you spent like six hours on the phone?
1: Yeah, like five and a half Friday. Jesus! I just had I had people to talk to. I mean, that was over three different people. I just <laughs> had a lot of catching up to do. I went on walks and. Oh, that was nice. I Sounds mean, that's lovely. what life is going to be like in the winter, so I'm just preparing for it.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for the winter.
1: Uh, then I went to brunch, sat outside. I went to drinks and sat outside at a couple different places. Went to Calico Skies on Sunday. Just had a good, good friend weekend. Yesterday, I went to hip-hop yoga in the park.
0: You sent a snap to me, and it looked like you went to hip-hop yoga at the park at the wrong park?
1: No, I was just – the park is big. Spellerberg Park is very large, and I went to where I thought they would be, and I was wrong. So then I had to (laughs) snap other people (laughs) be like, I think I'm in the wrong place. And then um, I invited Maddie to come with me, and Maddie managed to find them with no problem. And so then she had to, like, wave me in. To where the rest of the group was but the weather was incredible and then at one and we're like kind of on the corner uh of a sidewalk so a lot of people walked by um while we were doing yoga and then at one point the pitbull rescue people showed up and they must do like group walks or something and so then i was so distracted there were like six pit bulls just walking by as we were all like trying to do yoga. And I was like, I have to, I'm too distracted. I have to take a break.
0: I have a few questions. I have a few questions. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. So for those who don't know what we look like, um, we're very white. Carmen, very white. So I'm just picturing you at hip hop yoga. Like what? What do? You, what do you wear? Do you show up wearing like... MC Hammer pants what like how do you get into like how do you look the part for hip hop yoga Miss White Carmen in White Sioux Falls
1: I wear regular yoga clothes Okay. I wore the exact same well I have three different pairs of these yoga pants so (laughs) I'm wearing a different pair of the exact same yoga pants and a different color of the exact same gap tank top
0: Okay. okay so you don't really look the part got it Then my next- It's not costume yoga. It's the kind of music we listen to. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like you have to dress the part to like really get it. You do not. You you have to dress appropriately for yoga in the outside. Do you think that's because most people who listen to hip hop don't do yoga? No. No, no. Okay. All right. And then- um how is doing yoga in the middle of a gigantic park where everybody can see you because one time you made me do yoga (laughs) on a lawn in front of a bunch of windows where people were going to get wine and they could see some people will understand this but when they like make you do some of the poses you know like your shirt drops and all of a sudden you're just like fat stomachs hanging out in front of everybody how how was it in a park
1: uh i did not mind it but i also knew what i was getting into but i did think <laughs> of that time that i made you go to yoga at calico skies and i was like oh zach would hate this yeah. i actually invited phil and phil was like no i don't work out in front of other people and i was like oh <laughs> phil would hate this as well there were a lot of people around but yeah they were doing their own thing like they were all busy with their lives and we were just doing yoga
0: <sighs> that's great well I applaud it you was for fun.
1: I like when you're like I I am a tree and you're next to the trees, <laughs> and then the cicadas are right next to the hip hop, and it was just it was really the weather was perfect. Um, so I'm gonna go do that again on Saturday. Wow. My friend Maddie that I invited, she's a freshman at USF, and she was like, Can I bring a friend? I'm like, Of course. Well, the friend's name was Paris. And I Paris was like
0: Jackson. No, but
1: uh, you're probably not going to get this reference, but other people will. Because I was like, she went to school and met a friend named Paris. Like, she is literally Rory Gilmore, and I thought that was fantastic.
0: Yeah, that joke. I do not get it, but like, it's oh Gilmore my god, Girls, so cute.
1: Gilmore Girls reference. Other other listeners will totally get that, and I think it's cute. oh good.
0: Well, good job, Maddie, on making friends um, right uh, away at college.
1: Speaking of our listeners, do we have any text messages?
0: Um, somebody, uh, your sister texted us, thank you for a shout out when we talked about their anniversary mm, mm-hmm. and then we received another text message, um, that just said, thank you for our articles. The last time the, the COVID emails, signature lines made them chuckle. Yeah. Oh. so, and her, her signature was take care and wash your hands. You felt the animal.
1: Nice. That's a good closing.
0: I like yep, it. yep, yep. So that, w- that was all we received.
1: So I tried to do a poll on Facebook, which I could not figure out. So I kicked that <laughs> over to you, and I don't think you figured it out either.
0: No, no. But I, I did do it. I also put it on the back burner.
1: I did do it on Twitter, and we got four votes on Twitter. And so we can either just take this as a percentage of our listeners. Um, but Pointers got two votes at 50%. And one voted for Point Squad. One voted for, voted for Point Posse. And zero votes for Point Pack.
0: Well, Pointers it is. so, it's so much easier than saying Point Posse.
1: Well, I just was and trying I'm to... I'm going
0: to end up saying you know the like? wrong word. <laughs> we got the Point Pussies over here. <laughs> Like that's what I'm going to say. So we need to not do that. Uh,
1: That'll be for the after bar shows. Yeah. All right. Pointers. Thank you so much.
0: Um, (laughs) Thank you all four of you for voting. It's not even, I didn't even vote in that poll.
1: Well, I meant to send it out and then be like, uh, vote here or vote on Facebook. And then I never did. So those people organically found it. So.
0: (laughs) What a good focus group. I I do have a
1: surprise. I'm not, I don't have it now. But I do have a surprise for our listeners on Thursday, so I'm just going to tease that for a moment. Um, but today, because we're doing a quick lunchtime pod, um, I'm drinking Kirkland sparkling water.
0: Oh, it looks and refreshing. Is that the lemon one?
1: It is the lemon one, and it is quite refreshing. It comes in lemon, lime, and grapefruit, and I think the lime is my favorite, but the other two are just so good. Was
0: like... We only ever have the lime. I've never tried the lemon.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get the variety pack. Apparently, oh,
0: great. I'm drinking regular water because I'm boring. You know, give me You're back to vacation. I know. I feel like well, I had lots of lots of booze over the weekend, so it's nice to detox a little bit. And I keep thinking that it's a Monday, and it's not. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: I very emphatically was talking to people on Saturday night about did they catch that story this morning on cbs sunday morning and i'm like oh i know you did because i know you're a big like watcher and wasn't that so great and the looks i got they're like carmen at saturday and i was like well you
0: watched the saturday I, news
1: what was i watching and I, I it was it was jeff Glore, it was the saturday news but man i would have bet money that it was sunday
0: you had no idea I had, the like,
1: full extra day on my weekend
0: I was like, you had no idea that the entire format was different?
1: (laughs) It was more that the story felt like Sunday, and then when I was out, it felt like Sunday, and therefore, Uh, I don't know.
0: Therefore, it was Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's funny. Speaking of Groundhog Day, because that's what it sounds like you're talking about, I think Donald Trump is having Groundhog Day of thinking that he isn't the president when he is the president, and Mm. that is explained in this article I found in Political Titled "The Clash Over Kenosha," Biden flips script on Trump as campaign heats up, by Natasha Korik and Christopher Catalago. And Christopher has a weird name, but we're gonna roll with it. So there has been a lot of talk, obviously, with the unrest that is happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Portland, Minneapolis. Unfortunately, um, basically. All liberal cities are, you know, of course, protesting, but the protesting has transitioned and there is more violence, looting, um, rioting. I think that is a reality that we as liberals, as Democrats, have to acknowledge is also going on here, and um, it was something that I think we were not as quick on denouncing as the Republicans were as using in, in using it as a political tool against us. Um, but Joe Biden came out yesterday and of course denounced all of the violence and the protesting and talked a lot about you know the reality that protesting is not setting fires to things protesting is not looting stores protesting is not violent you know inciting violence and really denounced you know a lot of the things that are going on across the country from portland where again somebody was shot and killed um kenosha um, what's happening here in minneapolis and i think biden was quick and really forceful and in saying that he does not support the violence and coming out against it because donald trump has a, a just labeled joe biden as supporting the violence and the rioting and i think that it is a potentially a very winning um topic for Donald Trump in this upcoming election, but Joe Biden got out there ahead of it and kind of restated the obvious when Donald Trump says that he's going to restore order and peace if he's elected and, you know, Joe Biden is going to continue all this stuff. And Joe Biden forcefully was like, he keeps telling us if he were president, he would feel safe. Well, he is the president, whether he (laughs) knows it or not. Does anyone think there would be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? And I think that is going to be a, a, like a really focal point in the remaining days of this campaign. The reality that all of this violence and unrest is happening during a Trump administration right now. And so do we really think it's going to get better if he is elected for the next four years? We do not. No. No. I mean, he is inciting all of this. I mean, the reality, what is it today that President Trump is going to Kenosha, Wisconsin, to like slap the cops on the back and say, good job. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not going to end very, very well for tonight in Wisconsin. There's going to be some protesters. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that, and I think it's important to know as people that are pointers, listen to this pod that they, you know, you're going to hear that Donald Trump is this law and order candidate and that, Biden is soft on crime or he isn't denouncing these protesters. Well, he gave a really powerful speech in Pittsburgh that, you know, denounces all this violence that is going on and really talked to his own supporters, people beyond the political spectrum, and said that, you know, this is not a way to solve any of our problems burning these cities down. We can't have lawless society. And so, um, I don't know, just keep it in mind that Joe Biden is not pro-violence and rioting and looting like Donald Trump is making him out too. Because let's be honest, Donald Trump wants this to continue because it makes his political reality um, better, right? He's using this for politics. Kellyanne Conway even came out and did an interview, I think it was last Thursday, that said the more there is violence and there is more there is protest, the better it is for Trump's re-election. So- Well, absolutely,
1: all of those terrified suburban women just looking to their husbands for guidance in this trying time.
0: Well, I'm not going to lie. As a white dude in Minneapolis, I'm tired of it. I'm so sick of my city being on fire, and I am so sick and tired of them, the protesters or these rioters, because they're not protesters. These are rioters. These are like 40 people that decide to break into restaurants and bars and smash the windows. I'm sick of it. Somebody needs to stop it immediately. And I'm not going to lie. I think it's a really, really persuasive argument that Republicans are levying against Democrats and me as a good liberal. I'm, I'm sick of it. Like I want somebody to step in and squash it now. So if I'm thinking that way, I don't disagree that my aunt who lives in Egan is like, what the hell is going on in Minneapolis? And somebody needs to step up to the plate and do it. And I like Tim Walls. I like our governor. I like our mayor. But seriously, guys, get your hands around this real quick. So, I don't know. I thought Joe Biden came out and did a more forceful job than I've heard any of my other electeds come out and denounce what's going on in the name of Black Lives Matter. Because these people are not doing things for the larger movement.
1: Well, Trump has been trying to say that Biden um, will refuse to condemn the rioting so as not to offend liberal voters, but he's repeatedly, as you said, denounced rioting, looting, and setting fires to property. Um, Trump said that he, like Biden, wants to defund the police and Biden's like, actually, I'd like to spend more money on law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Uh, So every time they have this back and forth volleying, uh, Biden has an answer and then to, for him to be able to say like, you know, he was in the white house for eight years and all of this unrest that you're seeing is under the current administration and not the way the administration had been run for the eight yes. previous years. So it was, it's just a, it's kind of interesting to watch um, for the next, um, I don't know, 65 days. How long are we on left?
0: I have no idea. It seems like forever.
1: Over sixty, but we get to start early voting. I feel like South Dakota gets to start early voting, like September eighteenth or something. I'll let everybody know.
0: All right, keep us informed.
1: Uh, My article, which I'm super excited about, is actually sent to us from a pointer. They inboxed us on Facebook, and I was really excited about it. And it's from the New York Times. and it says, how Dr. Fauci found himself talking to Julie Roberts, Lil Wayne, and just about any podcaster who asked uh, by several authors, including quote wrong by <laughs> Margot Sanger-Katz, Cheryl, Gay Stolberg, Noah Weiland, and Kitty Bennett. And so basically the White House, this is my understanding, the White House has to approve Big interviews. So, like the Sunday, the five major Sunday talk shows they call the Sunday Show, um, they have to go through the White House because Dr. Fauci is a White House spokesperson um, for the coronavirus. But then, you know, he ends up disagreeing or upstaging the president and Mm -hmm. um so his media handlers were like nope no you no longer get to go on the tv and disagree with us and so (laughs) lower level um interviews apparently don't have the same review process and so he just gets to do Uh, whatever he wants that doesn't fall under those major publications. So he's saying yes to pretty much every small offer that came his way. So academic webinars, Instagram feeds, niche science podcasts, and a few celebrity interviews, which I just think is hilarious because if this was a way to get his message out, he's incredibly personable and charismatic and was like, sure, I'll come talk to you about this. And sure, I'll come talk to you. Like, no problem. And they're saying that this is probably how he ended up with a polyp on his vocal cord because he was essentially speaking all day without interruption for six months. Um, so he recently <laughs> had surgery to to remove that, which is just uh, crazy to Wild. me. So yeah, then, they, then this um, article shows, here's a video of him talking to Julia Roberts. And here's like... He's just zooming in with Lil Wayne, and it's um, really interesting. And the science podcast ones I thought were interesting, too, because this is an audience of people who very much want this kind of information and this yes. hardcore science. And then you have CNN and um, Margaret Brennan, right? She's CBS. Yep. You have these people with actual important TV news shows that can't book him. And so they are all reporting on these smaller like interviews that he's doing. And then that is how they're getting the word out to the, the mainstream media is picking up on these small interviews. I just, I thought it was pretty brilliant and born out of necessity, obviously. And
0: Totally. And also, like, apparently we should have reached out to Fauci to be on our podcast.
1: Well, I wondered if that's what the listener was actually getting at, that, like, you guys should see if he would be interested in
0: Well, I mean, we knocking. should try. I don't know how we get a hold of him, but.
1: I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be that hard, I guess. I and mean, maybe we <laughs> can just tweet at him and, but, I mean, he's not doing any now um, extended interviews uh, until September. Uh, I mean, today's September 1st, but whatever.
0: Because uh, of because his he's surgery,
1: still, he's still recovering from surgery, so we have some time to.
0: Thank God he had surgery. I mean, do you think he's super happy that he got like a a little break?
1: I mean, I think that's probably the only way he was going to get a break. So yeah. good for him. Way to way to take care of yourself.
0: Better um, <laughs> Donald Trump put the polyp on his throat. <laughs>
1: He's like I'm sorry. I literally have to lay down in this hospital bed and not talk for a while. Not so talk. I bet that was not the worst thing that happened to him.
0: No, I agree. Let's I'm going to go get me a sparkling lime water now that you have one.
1: Oh, well, all right. Let's take a break.
0: Well, everybody, I did it. I hit the record button this time coming back. So we are already off to a good start from our break. Um, not going to
1: lie. I did also look for it up in the corner.
0: Good, good. Well, have no fear. Zach, the entertainment reporter, is here with an update on the Ellen DeGeneres saga. Carmen, theme music. I, dun, dun, dun. I mean, dun, you, like, come on! Oh, I can't you. wait.
1: I'm just really excited about this. Okay.
0: So this is from page six the uh, by Leah Bitsky tall, titled, Mariah Carey Extremely Uncomfortable with Ellen DeGeneres revealing her pregnancy in 2008. Mm -hmm. And so just so everybody's aware, page six is where I have now get get all of my good pop culture celebrity gossip. So great publication. But of course, everybody knows all of the, the trouble that Ellen is in for being a horrible human and being mean to people. And so surprised that none of her staff looks her in the eyes and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you guys didn't, that somebody told you that. I have no idea where that came from. Although for, like, 15 years, she apparently never noticed that people wouldn't look at her in the eye. Like, bitch, we're on to you. <laughs> Anyways, so there has been, over the course of a couple weeks, just lots of recurring stuff of people going through past episodes and celebrity interviews. Specifically, a big one has been about Sofia Vagara and Ellen, of course, just, like, making fun of her accent. Like, ruthlessly making fun of her accent. Right oh, that's rude, yes, and so if you have agara, like after weeks of it was like I was in on the joke, so like don't take it too personally, probably still not appropriate to be making fun of people with accents and calling that you know, saying that they can't speak English and stuff, you know, it's probably not great it's, it's and pretty
1: pretty racist, I mean, well, right,
0: yes, and I will give her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that ten years ago we were in a different space than we are now, so okay. There, of course, has been the Dakota Johnson interview where Ellen like yelled at her for not inviting her to a party, only for Ellen to have actually been invited and then be mean. So, you know, we we know Ellen as this like clean, nice comic, but if you go back and watch some of her interviews, you can see this like mean streak that happened. So, Mariah Carey was talking about the reality that she was pregnant, and um, she Ellen kept asking about it and for these shows, they get like pre-interviewed. They talk about what they're going to talk about. They talk about what they're not going to talk about. Um, And I imagine that this was something that was like on the let's not talk about it list. So Ellen like didn't directly ask her, but then was going to give her a toast of champagne and like handed the champagne flute to Mariah Carey. And Mariah said that, you know, she had recently suffered a miscarriage. So she was just super, just didn't want to tell anybody, didn't want to talk about it for fear that something was going to happen again. Ellen just kept pushing it and pushing it. And Mariah tried to deflect like three or four times. Then finally Mariah Care was like, it's before 3 p.m. I don't drink before 3 p.m. And went away with it. But it just, again, another example of Ellen being a witch and not very nice um, to these guests and basically doing like just poking fun at people or making somebody else the butt of the joke. I think it's going to be interesting as we go into the new season, because I believe her show comes back if it's, I think it's next week. And maybe it's two weeks from now. I'm thinking maybe September 18th for whatever reason is in my head. But Ellen is obviously going to have to address all the stuff that's going on and probably change, rightfully so, change her interview style and her tactics that she does on Celebrity Guest. Rosie O'Donnell came out and talked about trying to give her the benefit of the doubt and talked about how hard it is to be, you know, a woman running a huge show like this and the stress and the pressures that are unfairly placed on women hosts. And I thought that was great that, you know, Rosie, of course, had her back. But then Rosie went on to say that she's also never been on Ellen's TV show. And the reason that Rosie will not go on Ellen's TV show is because she doesn't want to be scared and like be made the butt of the joke. Mm. Well, that and is interesting. I thought that was just a really interesting tidbit from Rosie who had you know an incredibly popular talk show about the pressures and the staff and the running of the show, but then kind of countered it by saying the reason she hasn't been on the show is not because she hasn't had something that she needed to plug or that she wouldn't have been made an interesting guest, but because she didn't want... To, you know, have somebody pop out at her and have the replay nonstop of her being scared all across national television. And I just thought, hmm. kind of is in line with all the other interviews, specifically this Mariah Carey interview, um, which some, anybody can go YouTube and watch. It's really, really awkward.
1: Well, and I imagine the whole, I mean, what you're trying to do when you're running a television show is, is ratings, And having your TV show be the place where someone announces my pregnancy would be like a super good get. And then here's a way to do it is to just bully someone into announcing it by trying to get them to drink alcohol. Like it's just a super dick
0: move. Well, and I think back to all of those, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, all of those interviews, you know, you think back to Barbara Walters that would point blank ask people if they were gay. And like she did it to like Ricky Martin is a really famous one where they sit there and like, are you gay? Who are you dating? And sometimes you're just not prepared to say those types of things, right? So I would think that Ellen would would understand and can relate to people asking incredibly personal conversations and re- and like putting you on the spot. Um, and so why would she choose to do that? And I definitely think pregnancy is one of those things where there's probably unwritten celebrity rules that they all know what's going on and you just don't talk about it publicly. And so, I mean, I would think that Ellen would know what it would feel like to somebody ask a prime personal question that you already know the answer to, but you want to use it for your own personal gain. So, I don't know. Again, it makes an even bigger dick move to me.
1: Carrie did have a miscarriage after the interview. Yeah. Which makes it even worse because then she had to go through and... Like tell America again that now she wasn't pregnant when that ugh just yeah. very gross I don't
0: mm-hmm. yeah take that Ellen way to
1: disappoint again Ellen well Zach if you are our entertainment reporter yes I am I am mm-hmm. our I am our sports reporter you are so I <laughs> I have a sporty I have another sporty article to talk about today from Teen Vogue
0: mm, that's where I get my sports.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking outside the box. That's what I'm doing. Anyone can read ESPN. Uh so my article is The Surprising Role of Sports Uh Played in Women's Suffrage by Haley Shapley.
0: Mm, tell me, Haley.
1: So as we discussed, it was the hundredth anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which gave some women the right to vote. And this kind of, so there's three different things happening in this article. And what I liked about it is it talks about how voting was kind of a pursuit of freedom. It says that I want to play a role in the world in which I live and voting is a way to do that. And riding a bicycle meant that women were able to essentially travel on their own, like there was not a chaperone. Um, In the 1890s, they called it the safety bicycle, which was easier and less dangerous to ride um, because it had the two wheels and the chain and the whatever. And so women could travel on their own. Then they started dressing less restrictively because they needed to be able to ride their bicycles. And so you ended up with higher hemlines and bloomers. And then it's this taste of freedom. And so now they began to view themselves differently as they have rights and responsibilities. And uh, you know, they're using the roads, they want to advocate for roads. And that includes casting a ballot. And so all of these things kind of happened at the same time. And so it wasn't just cycling. There was also swimming competitions. Um, this is an odd thing. In 1917, the National Women's Life Saving League staged a race to rescue a dummy who was wearing an anti-suffrage sash. And the winner admitted that she would have preferred to drown the dummy. So I assume there must be more of a story there. There were also suffrage hikes. And what was interesting about the hike, they um, often involved walking long distance over multiple days, Including a tough 225 mile route from Newark to DC. And that was completed by 16 women or 13 women in 16 days. And all of that went to show like you couldn't say that women were the weaker sex. You couldn't say that they weren't capable of higher education or being involved in um, politics or capable of doing a sport. And so they were showing men this, but they were also showing themselves what they were actually capable of. And the third thing that's happening here talks about women in the circus. And as you talked about last week, we just watched The Greatest Showman. And this was an era of the circus women celebrity. And you have female performers that are traveling all over the world. They're making their own money. They're acrobats and equestrians and strong women. And so they may have been relegated to sideshow acts or, you know, working for, here they're called unscrupulous managers, but like shitty dudes, essentially oppressive uh, men. But to say that this famous bareback horse rider isn't up to the task of voting or is too weak to Um, be considered equal to a man is garbage. And so here Mm -hmm. are these other women that are coming to say, some of you have property and you should have a right to say what should be done with it. This is pretty cool. Pretty cool. It was um, cool.
0: The bicycle thing is just, I never ever thought about like a simple bike, something that we take so for granted that I put it on up there with a treadmill as a torture device for fat people. Like why did they make them for us? (laughs) Like it's just so mean, but as a mobility tool that also changed the reality of, of fashion. I mean, it just, it was a really cool article. Yeah, and sports is I physical, like,
1: but it's also symbolic.
0: And I know we've talked about it a couple times, but I just don't feel like the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment got the type of fanfare that it deserved. And that might have been because we're in the middle of a pandemic and we can't do anything. And we have Donald Trump, who's a racist, misogynistic president in the White House as well. But these stories, I think, are just really powerful to to see the long game that has been played.
1: Well, so they call the anniversary of the 19th Amendment, they call it Women Equality Day, which again, it's White Women Equality Day. But on Facebook, it was also like National Dog Day, and there yes. were far more participation of people posting pictures of their dogs than um, talking about how amazing our fellow um, ladies are. Uh, which obviously includes trans women because we are inclusive in our feminism.
0: Mm.
1: So yeah, Teen Vogue just pulling Knocking in, out. Uh, yeah. pulling in the history, sports, ladies.
0: You it's love Teen stuff. Vogue.
1: I do. I've always loved Teen Vogue.
0: Uh, that's great. My parting thought today is I'm going to celebrate Chaston Budapest. His new book came out today titled I Have Something to Tell You. Now, I haven't bought the book yet, but I saw on Instagram he was like wrapping the books in like wrapping paper and then he would put an envelope with somebody's name on it and he has the most beautiful monogrammed envelopes. They're so simple and so gorgeous. I want one really bad. The picture, he's so cute on the cover and it's like his handwriting with I have something to t-. I'm just so excited to read it. You should have
1: pre-ordered it. Maybe you would have gotten one in the mail with the pretty envelope.
0: I know. I know, Carmen. Well, I'm after his husband, so I'm sure he's not going to send send me mail. mail. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of fighting. But I did go to Target already today, and I didn't even go by the book section to, to buy it. But
1: I don't know why you're letting him down like this.
0: I know. I'll fix it. I'll buy three books just to make up for it.
1: Why don't you, since you've already been to Target, drive to an independent bookstore? And because last Saturday was Independent
0: Bookstore Day. Thank you for listening to Our Point. To stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discussed in this podcast, join us on Facebook and Twitter at Our Point Podcast. If you have articles that you would like us to discuss, feel free to tag us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also email us at ourpointpodcast at gmail.com. my parting thought is that i must have
1: said out loud at some point that i needed a subscription to the wall street journal and one of the uh, one pointer sent me a guest pass for two months so now you can look forward to some articles from the wall street journal so thank you so much
0: that is so so nice and it I'm reminds really me about it that i need a membership to Peloton. So if somebody else has a <laughs> gift card that they can send my way, <laughs> please do.
1: <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just need to put things into the universe, you know, and put it see, into the universe. see what comes back out.
0: So uh, that's great.
1: Well, all I right. look forward
0: to seeing some Wall Street Journal articles.
1: Yeah, get, get excited. That'll probably be on Thursday's pod. So, Oof.
0: all right, sounds good. I'll talk to you later.
1: All right, Bye-bye. bye
0: bye. Bye.